Welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we are talking about the Time album that sort of, kind of went with Graffiti Bridge, the Time's Pandemonium. We're just going to talk about the first eight songs today. LP side one. That's right. We'll get you through chocolate. (laughs) That's right. As if you can't get through chocolate yourself. (laughs) It was released July the 10th, 1990, before both the Graffiti Bridge soundtrack and the movie. Yeah, which surprised me a little bit that Prince would let Pandemonium come out first, have its Uh more than a month of time out first Mm. before his album. Yep. Uh, Maybe he didn't have so much of a say. Who knows? It would make sense to me to say, they're both out today, Graffiti Bridge and Pandemonium, because those were really the two primary pieces of music Mm -hmm. associated with the movie. Right, exactly. This replaced the abandoned Time album, Corporate World. It shares uh, a few songs, Donald Trump Black Version, Data Bank, and My Summertime Thing. Mm -hmm. Thang. 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 Not Thang. It heralds a bit of a departure from previous Time albums. I would say a big departure. Yes. Prince was the primary writer, producer, performer only five of the 10 songs. Yes. So there was a lot more input from the band. Right. Which, you know, makes sense that they would then pretty much disband immediately after this. Right. Jesse Johnson got quote unquote voted out. Yeah. And then uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis left to go be music producers. And that basically uh, left Morris to either replace them or do his own thing. Yep. His own summertime thing. Uh huh. By the exactly. time 1991 rolled around. Yeah, it did well. Yeah. It reached number 18 on the U.S. Billboard Pop Chart at the end of July 1990, and number nine on the Billboard R&B Chart at the beginning of August 1990, and uh, 66 in the Gallup Top 40 Album Chart in the U.K. Oh, I didn't get that far. Mm-hmm. Speaking of 66, it's just under 66 minutes in length. Oh, uh-huh. 65 minutes and 28 seconds. That kind of is what struck me when I first heard, saw, experienced this album was that it was... Kind of long? Kind of long compared to... Well, especially... The time was like 42 minutes. What time is it? It was 38 minutes. Ice Cream Castle, 38 minutes. And each of those three albums had just six songs. Right. And here we get 10 songs and five segues, essentially. Yeah, this is like a real yeah. album where the other ones were almost kind of LPs or EPs. EPs. That's what I mean. They're all LPs. They're all... Those, those <laughs> albums are all long playing. EPs, yes. Yeah, kind of just a collection of a few songs. I mean, Prince has maxi singles that are longer than yeah. the Time album. So. Exactly. Shall we talk about the packaging a little bit we have the cd so that's what we're going to talk about i've had the cd for 30 years yeah yep that's pretty amazing still in great shape yeah it really is well you take good care of your stuff so because i rarely touch it Uh uh-huh that's (laughs) taking good care of it is like not spilling stuff on it not burning it and not touching it Uh uh-huh well, that's funny. I'll get to something in a minute that, that goes along with the not touching it bit. Okay. So, you know, colorful cover. There's the bottle of Crisca yep. that was on the stage with the time mm-hmm. in their club pandemonium. Right. And it's like 
pink on the cover and tilted and there's like a swirl like it's pouring grease out it's cute yeah and there the band is standing in a skillet on fire on that's over a flame yes and there's utensils and chicken legs yes Indeed. Same type treatment for the time, all caps mm-hmm. in the top left corner, but really yeah. fun type for pandemonium. Um, yeah. And we'll get to these, but that's kind of what I liked about the two singles also. Jerk Out and Chocolate had similar treatment uh-huh. on the singles. Right. Similar with the te- type treatment. Yeah. And uh, it all kind of worked together. Yeah. So I think this is kind of fun for, you know, especially considering the last handful, their first three albums, fairly simple. Just a photograph, and this is more of like a collage illustration type thing. Mm-hmm. The back of the CD just has a list, song lists. There's a uh, kind of almost script right. treatment to it. And then the inside has... There is a booklet. There is a booklet. It has, uh, again, the song list, more pictures of utensils, a little bit of credits, and then the many pages of some lyrics right there's not all the lyrics to all the songs here but there are some lyrics and there's it's interesting they're in a couple different fonts there's the kind of almost script font yeah for some lines i guess lines that are important or maybe the chorus a little bit yeah um and then the name of the song is in a different font and bold it's just kind of interesting and it's almost reads like a story kind of yep Uh, it's nice that there are some lyrics here that's right so if you're unclear about something there's a chance that you could clear it up right um and then the thing you're talking about keeping your stuff nice yeah it made me laugh because it made me realize that compact discs were still sort of kind of a little bit new oh when this came out Uh uh-huh sure and because there's a whole informational paragraph about compact discs the compact disc audio system offers the best possible sound reproduction on a small convenient disc it goes on it was small and convenient that's right i mean it's still small and convenient but now let's get into how to clean it always wiping from the center to the edge yeah yep it sure does so i was like yeah a lifetime of listening enjoyment can be yours if you just take care of your stuff oh well I wouldn't say it's been a lifetime yet. I mean, I, I'm not old. I, I'm 37. You're not 37. But. Right. Uh, but it has been 30 years. Uh-huh. I don't know when it was that I ripped these songs into iTunes, and that's what we're It's probably been seven or eight years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The CD's kind of creative printing on it also. Yeah, it's got the time the and CD it's itself. all the, caps, yes. Yeah. And then the pandemonium type treatment. Yeah. And then... The useless song list. I guess if you're just putting the disc in the player and want quick reference to what song is what track, but yeah, once it gets in there, yeah, you uh, can't read the it. The printing on the CD does little for you, right? But it's nice. It's fine. Yeah, and it's on uh, what Paisley Park Reprise is the label, I believe. Reprise is a division of Warner Brothers, and Paisley Park was, of course, Prince's label. Yeah, it's uh, uh, yes, Paisley Park Records. Reprise Records, so Warner Communications Company. So, yeah, it was fun. Yep. Obviously, the first time album on a Paisley Park. That's right. Previous ones. And the last. First and last, correct. Mm -hmm. Notable distinction. Yes. All right. And then we're going to talk about 
the first the first side of the record. I was going to say, the audio. I won't say the first. Let's talk about the music because it's music and segways. skits and segues. Uh-huh. Oh, yay. But you can really oh, see. Oh, yay. <laughs> but you the can re- enthusiasm <laughs> is just like dripping off of your tongue. It reminds me a lot of what would come later on the new Power Generation albums mm. where they had these little skits and silly things that they did. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. on Exodus. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah, and so it's kind of, it's interesting to see that this is a way that Prince played with his friends, had fun with his friends, and did stuff, and another creative outlet. Yeah, although the skits here are not Prince involved necessarily, it might have contributed to writing, but we're on Exodus. He played different characters and you know showed up in these things. On this album, he does not. Uh, no, with but, a, with a small exception later. But it has the same kind of feel. Yeah, it with does. The, like dumb boy jokes. Sorry, that is very true. They are. I mean, it is a bunch of dumb boys. You know, I was going to mention. That's the thing about the time is uh, I think when we covered the Love Symbol album, I made a comment of it kind of suffered from not a strong female vocalist or player for the time albums. It always is that way. Mm-hmm. And this even more so since the rest of the band members play a much larger role. You know, there are no women involved with this at all. <laughs> You're listening to a sausage fest in a skillet. <laughs> it shows. Yes, it does. <laughs> Not necessarily in a bad way, but you can just tell that there was no woman to say, oh, for the love of all that's good and holy, don't say that on a recording somewhere where somebody can use this against you in the future. (laughs) No. (laughs) They were not worried about that and Uh, continue to not be worried about it to this day. Yeah. (laughs) True. (laughs) All right. So we start off with Dreamland. Not a song. Not a song. A segue to open the album. Correct. It's interesting. There's a uh, music box playing Rockabye Baby. Mm-hmm. And that is how Ice Cream Castle ended. Correct. Was with uh, music boxes being closed. Yeah. And turning off. And here we get this sort of reference to that with a music box playing. Yeah, I like I like this a lot. I think it's kind of fun. You know, it had been six years since the last album by the time, and they had broken up and reunited. And so, you know, to tie it back to their last record, I think, is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. A little meta. Yeah, very fun. It's very brand centric album too you know so many of the things like what time is it and uh-huh what time is it morris says oh uh-huh and his and <laughs> yeah um you know there's they've built this universe around the time like they are this you know super they're this band with this super deep catalog they're a bro band they're a bro band and um you know most of their back catalog is really just prince and morris but they developed kind of their own attitude by this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speaking of reunions, we hear audio from the Times reunion performance, uh, which happened 
uh, in St. Paul, Minnesota, on October 2nd, 1987. Donnie Simpson is called out on the stage to introduce the band. Oh, I read that that was from the 6th Annual Minnesota Black Music Awards from 1987. Oh, that was... The time that was where the time had their reunion. Show. Right. Okay. Yes. Now I understand. Yep. Donnie Simpson uh, was is a popular radio DJ and TV personality in the Washington D.C. area. In 2003, he negotiated an eight-figure deal with WPGC FM, and that makes him the highest-paid black radio personality in the country that does not have a syndication deal. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. Didn't look up much about Donnie. I just didn't know who he was, so I wanted to know a little more about him. Very nice. Good for him. Mm -hmm. Eight figures to sit in front of a microphone. And, yeah, him talking. I assume he's funny, but that's not necessarily the case. You can make a lot of money being very not funny. Right. Yeah. So we hear Morris walk into a club, not necessarily not necessarily his club, but he's making his way through the crowd and questions, what is this playing? Uh-huh. It's horrible yeah. music that's playing. Excuse me. Yeah. Jerome. Morris. Ain't this my club? And then you hear some snoring, and I'm like, does that mean all this is a dream? Yes. Oh, okay. Dreamland. Oh, oh, that makes sense. Did not make the connection. (laughs) I didn't know that the (laughs) time was such a cerebral (laughs) band. I I was just like, wait, did he sleep through his introduction and he jumps up, or did he? Is it all a dream? It's a dream. He was dreaming about the reunion tour and then woke up, and here he is. All the band is back together. Oh, okay. There you go. A dream turned reality, starring Morris Day and the time mm-hmm. and Morris Day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, uh, graffiti bridge. Graffiti bridge. Trailer writer <laughs> editor. <laughs> and Morris Day is ready to go. He is. He is off and running with pandemonium. That's right. Mm-hmm. Full band effort here. That's right. It was originally planned as a single, but replaced with chocolate later. Prince is not believed to have been present at the time of the recording of this particular song. Yeah, uh, I think this would have been a great single. I don't know why mm-hmm. they limited it to just two singles from the album when it was fairly successful. Uh-huh. Maybe when the band broke up, there was no way to promote the singles, but really, what would it have cost to release another single off of an album. I don't know. I don't either. Seems like it could have been done, but that's all right. We get a heavy late 80s, early 90s drums, keyboard, bass, crowd noise, and you know, immediately you know it's a party song. Um, makes sense that it sounds like a late 80s, early 90s kind of song since yeah. it was recorded in late 1989. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love that uh, Jerome Benton is credited for percussion and Mirror and holler. Mirror. <laughs> I want a business card that says that. <laughs> Percussion, mirror, holler. That's right. Separated by slashes. That's right. Just bounce back and forth between the percussioning and the mirroring and the hollering. <laughs> uh, maybe clubbing in the in 1990 was uh, different than 
it was by the time I became an adult, because I wasn't yet an adult in 1990, um, because I would not want to get me some burning drawers. (laughs) I think they're saying that's how it looks, not necessarily... An infection of some kind. <laughs> yeah, yes. It might He's be, talking about hot butts. Yeah, that's right. Hot pants. Hot pants over. I think that's kind of delicious derriers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Juicy doubles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was fun, but man, I love the chorus of the song. It's a lot of fun to sing, right? Uh-huh. I had that as a note also. Very fun and a nice cadence to it also. Uh huh. Um, really, really fun. Yeah, it's four statements, and that's right. That's it. Wild, Simple. chaotic, peak of my erotic. There's a riot going on. People manic, dancing in a panic. We call it pandemonium. It is very, very fun. I think, uh, you know, Morris is makes his living off of being kind of an adorable pig. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the first line of the song after the burning drawers song, uh, comment, let me make up my mind. I got to pick me one. As he walks through the club and is looking at all the burning drawers, it's like <laughs> kind of the first glimpse that Morris sure hasn't changed. No. If anything, it's more amplified as a pimp character yeah, than ever a before. Player. He was just cool before. And yeah. Now he's, now he's like picking the ladies. <sighs> yep. But they are willing participants, so okay. I, I guess. There's this plucky rhythm guitar in the left channel that is it's great, super right? great. So got on a point. Little uh, Jesse Johnson going on there, probably. Mm-hmm. The ladies call out to be cooled down, <laughs> but Morris doesn't like Eskimos. I don't like Eskimos. Which is interesting because. C-O-O-L. Yeah. He's cool. That's right. But he doesn't like, maybe Eskimos are just too too cold. Maybe. Or, you know, here's the one of the early signs of climate change also. From 1982 oh. to 1991, he's gone from C-O-O-L to firecracker shakes. Uh-huh. There you go. I love the, uh, there's this Go Morris chant. Go Morris. Mm-hmm. Go Morris. Which became, like the time became a chant band all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of that going on. Well, um, it feels very like live and mm-hmm. fun, and I think that's what they were trying to convey, is that they're this band that really excels at performing live. Yes, there's the hype going on. Mm-hmm. But that happens in a lot of their songs on this album and on their contributions to the Graffiti Bridge soundtrack, too. Morris makes... A comment that I was like, I've never really taken the time to really listen to what he says here. When after the Go Morris shake, uh, Go Morris chant, mm-hmm. Morris says, That's right, you wouldn't happen to have some liniment, would you? At a minute and 46 seconds. And she, you have to have some liniment, would you? And 
I was like, is that right? Is liniment a word? Yeah. Sounds like a flavor of extra sugar-free gum. Liniment oils and soap and stuff. Yes, or embrocation. It's a medicated topical preparation for application to the skin, sometimes called a heat rub. Or firecracker shakes. (laughs) Liniments Uh, may be water-like in viscosity or formulated as a lotion or balm and are usually rubbed in to allow for penetration of the active ingredients. Ooh, so icy hot. That's right. (laughs) Yep. Shaquille O'Neal, I think, has pimped this stuff. Um, (laughs) You can get it in the form of a patch, a stick, or a spray. There's no reason that someone in this club wouldn't have some liniment for Morris because it is so versatile. I mean... And portable. Yeah. I mean, surely somebody's got some lip balm with it in it. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about lip balm. I guess your lips are your skin. They're a type of skin. Yeah. Lip skin. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, The chanting continues towards the uh, end of the song when Morris goes into, Oh, hey, pandemonium, you sing. Uh, then he sings, oh, drawers shake, pandemonium. Uh-huh. And he goes, huh? Yeah. There's a cute intonation of like him encouraging the crowd to go, huh? You know, you want to sing it with me. Uh-huh. You know, you want to shake your booty. Yep. Make yep. your drawers shake. And of course, we've got a song called Shake on Graffiti Bridge also. Mm-hmm. A lot of this hangs together. Really quite nicely. I don't know if it's because Graffiti Bridge is like a little disjointed by nature, not as a flaw, but because it's a literally like a musical soundtrack and there Mm -hmm. are different singers and, you know. Styles. So, yeah, there's sort of a flow to the album, but one performer to the next. And so it's not a cohesive album in that regard. So maybe that just makes pandemonium seem even more cohesive to me but that was another thought i had was how much even though prince wasn't involved playing with pandemonium it rolls into jerk out and uh-huh. prince is playing most inter- instruments mm-hmm. on jerk out but they really sound like they belong together yeah but before we get to jerk out this song ends super abruptly it does because it rolls into another segue. Right. Sexy socialites. Can I also mention that at three minutes and 35 seconds, there's a chant, another chant for the time that apparently was written by Prince. Fellas, yeah, I'm back. The aristocratic black. My whip ain't got no crack, but got a hell of a bang. Okay. I'm back. The aristocratic black. My whip ain't got no crack, but I got a hell of a bang. That is a chant written by Prince, which is probably why he's got writing credit on this song. Okay. And you can hear that chant at the very beginning of the unreleased time song, Murph Drag. Yes. Which we'll get to when we talk about uh, some unreleased music from this era. But yes, it does kind of come to a abrupt end and rolls into really an intro to Jerk Out, which I think they just decided to... Make it a segue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of this like it's the intro to Jerk Out and the right. end of Pandemonium, yep. and so they gave it its own track. Yeah, which I think is fine. It's just kind of an yeah. interesting choice, and on uh, a lot of the singles for Jerk Out, you know, that's kind of edited out or edited in a different way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's really just a, a transition from Pandemonium to Jerk Out, and 
It could have been tracked with jerk out to me. Sure. But they didn't. Sure. I don't know why. Well, I don't either. But yeah, it's a couple of women talking about Morris. And do you think he'd go out with me? Uh Uh-huh. And we don't know who these women are, right? They are sexy socialites. We know exactly who they are. We don't know their actual names, right? No. Okay. No. Yeah, one girl's really interested in Morris, and one girl is really not. Right, which is probably the sentiment of most women, I would think. Either you, you, I don't think as a woman you would ever look at Morris Day and go, um, it's okay. You're yeah. like, oh, Morris! Uh-huh. Or, ugh. Yeah. What a pig. Uh-huh. An adorable pig. Yeah. I think. Adorable enough. I mean... He's made slightly less cute by his poor treatment of women, even though I know it's an act. Yeah, I mean, it is a persona, right? Right. And a good one. I mean, he carries the whole album based on... Morris is not a bad singer by any means. No. Certainly not the worst singer that Prince has ever worked with. <laughs> no. So he certainly carries the album, you know, vocally, and but his persona is really what makes the time the time. Right. So then we get to the first single... Mm-hmm. From the album, track four, Jerk Out. Yep, came out two weeks before the album's release. It was uh, number one on the R&B charts, number nine on the pop charts, number six on the dance charts. Did very well, mm-hmm. for sure. And I remember hearing this on the radio. Yeah. Lots. Mm. I wouldn't say lots. I heard it before. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I was probably also listening for it, you know, right. more carefully. Yeah. Um, it was originally recorded uh, by Prince yes. uh, in early 80s. Yeah, 1981. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Morris recorded vocals for it in 1982. Mm-hmm. But then uh, it's been kind of reworked a little bit for this album. Lyrics have been changed to be a little less, if you can imagine, a little less... less uh, uh, sexual violence and racism. Right. Is what There's I read. Less of that. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. In fact, I went to pull the lyrics off the internet, and I'm listening along and reading the lyrics. I'm like, oh, this. These are the lyrics to the unreleased version. Are the ones that come up if you just do oh. jerk out lyrics. The uh-huh. time. Okay. What lyric find pulls up first is not even the version on the album. It's oh. the more offensive version. Whew. Yeah. I wanted to know what jerk out was, according to Urban Dictionary. It's getting removed from a fight. And uh, it it may have originated because the time band members got in a fight on the controversy tour and they yes. had to get jerked out. Yes, they were. Removed from the plane. Yeah. Though I don't, that seems kind of uh, maybe not exactly the... Uh, way it's used here well i think that was the inspiration for oh that makes for some easy word play uh-huh yeah yeah not that prince always went the easy route but no for a song that the time would take over perfect right jungle love yeah exactly right? jerk out uh, Maserati was offered this song, and Sir Casey Terry recorded vocal overdubs, but the band ultimately rejected the song, probably because of the sexual violence and racism. <laughs> right. <laughs> and his lyrics remain on this track, Sir yeah. Casey Terry with the background vocals, uh-huh. which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. And Prince plays most instruments on 
the track, with the exception of uh, drums and guitar, uh-huh. with uh, some contributions from the time, but Prince plays a lot on this song. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is the less rapey version of this. Yeah. If I see something I like, I have to go for it. If I see something that I like, it's, uh, I have to go for it. And I like what I And I, thinking back culturally, that was pretty normal for 1990. That was pretty acceptable. Like, I just can't contain myself as a way of saying, you're so pretty. Yeah. You're hot. I'd like to, I can't contain myself. And it's was normal then and really cringy now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree. Yeah. But I mean, I don't want to excuse it because he's funny. Right. But there is something about Morris's delivery that keeps him from being a complete masculine pig. Yeah. There's a cuteness to it that makes it a little more innocent, but that's also part of the act of being, oh, he's so cute and funny uh-huh. that it helps him get what he wants also. So it right. almost is like by inserting the comedy and... Uh, Making it kind of tongue-in-cheek rather yes. than so yeah. uh, overtly argumentative. Not argumentative. Uh, ov- overtly predatory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he comes off as less of a predator, yet... Because he comes off as less of a predator, he's more of a predator. He's even more effective. Right. Yeah, which is some pretty smart predatory thinking. But I think that's what you might tell a predator, Uh too. Why don't you just be yourself and women will be attracted to you. It's okay. You don't have to go. You don't have to be a predator. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, twitching a little. I know. That's not the kind of thing that uh, they teach you in predatory school. Uh Oh, fun flex. He has a suit that matches his BMW. So I pulled out a suit about the same color as my BMW. I drove to the party. Of course he does. Mm-hmm. And he picked it out to wear this night. Mm-hmm. Now, he did slide over next to Estella uh-huh. and kissed her cheek. He didn't grab her thigh or other body parts. And you know I got the look. I saw real fine things in by the bar. She looked kind of all alone. So I slid on over and I asked her name. The Stella was bad to the bone. I showed her my stash and I kissed her cheek. The only kind of rabbit takes. She knew I was bad when I drifted to my ride. She said, How much money you need? Let's just say there's no money you ever see in your lifetime. Get consent? Probably not. I don't know. If he, if he did, he didn't include it in the lyrics to the song. No. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be, so I slid on over. He did ask her name. But he still called her Stella. Right. <laughs> Which is his generic name. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Grace. Yeah. I love how her first question to him, now again, to his credit, he asked her name. Okay. And she said, how much money you make? <laughs> Yeah. And a minute and three seconds. Let's just say it's more money than you'll ever see in your lifetime. Uh-huh. Well, but before that, he showed her his stash. Right. And I'm like, his stash of what? I mean, I'm guessing money. cash. Right. But it could be drugs or jewels or, you know, Prince bootlegs or his mm, mustache. Genitals. Or his junk. Yep. Yep. Junk out. <laughs> 
Oh, always humble that Morris Day. Yeah. Um, so you have this fun chorus in Pandemonium, and uh, I don't know that it's quite as complex for Jerk Out. Oh, no. <laughs> Talking about the Jerk Out. Yeah. organ synths that really remind us that this was first written in 1982. Yeah. Yeah. In a good way. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I enjoy it. More of Humble Morris. I said, baby, don't get too comfortable because I really like to sleep alone. Uh-huh. Leave your number on the table by my data bank. I love you, but you got to go. I said, baby, don't get too comfortable because I really like to sleep alone. Leave your number on the table by my data bank. I love you, but you got to go. What? Yeah, Databank's another song on the album. It is. I guess just there's nothing more to... You wouldn't you wouldn't need to know much more about Morris's persona than uh, pursuing was, women in clubs, but making sure they leave so he can have the bed to himself. <laughs> and by the way, well, leave your number on the table by my other numbers that uh-huh. I've also... Don't tell it to me. You write it down because yeah. I'm not getting out of bed. Yeah. Well... Oh, and then, but just before that, there were some more uh, questionable lyrics that made me think, holy smokes, this is the better version. Yeah. Maybe I was wrong, but what the hell? I figured that was what she liked. I took it to my crib and I laid it down. Her body felt kind of right. Maybe I was wrong, but what the hell? I figured that was what she liked. And I'm like, ooh, so he did something that he knew he shouldn't do, but figured because she didn't push him off and hit him with something, that was probably okay. Exactly. I mean, how many times have you seen a female come up to Morris Day and say, you know, Morris, I think you need to take it slower, slower and him react by oh you're right i'm so sorry <laughs> no he there's, reacts by walking away there's, there's no, another stella there's look no, at grace over there there's no time song called the apology uh-huh. yeah and then right around that databank part yeah he also says you ain't gotta go home but you but you gotta get the hell out of here yeah you got to go what you ain't got to go home but you got to get the hell out of here so I was like, I've heard that a ton. Yes, you have. Uh, and I'd like to know. And so, of course, you know, there's like closing time by Semisonic that made that really popular. No, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. There's a song. I know closing time, but I didn't know uh-huh. it had the line, you don't have to go home, but you have to you, get out of here. You can't stay here, right? Oh, okay. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. That was probably like where a lot of people heard it our age. Okay. But it probably originated at bar closing times. Yeah. They would, that would be a common thing that... The last car, last call for alcohol. Uh-huh. Yes. But uh, it was first cited in print in the mid-1940s in the Boston Herald. But... These dudes might have known about it because there was a Richard Pryor comedy routine in the 1970s that was on a record that where Richard Pryor says, you don't have to go home, but you got to get the 
F out of here. No, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, and that okay. was apparently that was something they probably would have all been familiar with. Now, I can't figure out which routine it is. I can't. I see it cited, oh, it was Richard Pryor comedy routine where he says this, and a lot of people know it from that, And but I can't figure out which one it is. So, unfortunately, I won't be able to link to it, but everything I can link to, you can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, A Prince Podcast, on Twitter, at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S Podcast, or you can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. The mention of... Uh... Get out of here uh, is not the first time that the time has also used right. this. It appears on their previous album also. Okay. Uh, some fun bass guitar. Yeah, Morris calls out Terry. Mm-hmm. Two minutes and 38 seconds. Mm-hmm. And uh, cut him, Jesse. Mm-hmm. And then there's another guitar solo. Uh, Jesse Johnson rip roaring guitar solo. Uh huh. It's yeah. really great. Yes. Yeah, it is. Cut him, Jesse. Uh, Morris laughs, <laughs> and I snorted when Morris says, "Please." Whoever told you you could sing? Well, Morris doesn't say that. A woman oh, says no. it to him. Oh, yeah. It was a woman who said it to yeah, him. Yeah. That's right. It's like at three minutes and 28 seconds, and he sings, uh-huh. he does this falsetto stuff, and there's one of the women he's with, please, whoever told you you could sing? And he kind of is a little put in his place there. Uh-huh. Please, whoever told you you could sing? Four minutes and 38 seconds, we get another one of the Times gang chants from the movie as the Time would run into a room and all of them at the same time simultaneously (laughs) yell, Jerking everything in sight! Uh huh. Yeah. chant that's uh fellas yeah what's the move jerking everything in sight fellas yeah what's the groove make a little love tonight mm-hmm. i thought the o's were really funny raviolios uh-huh. cheerios spaghettios you can never have enough o's yeah i'm trying to think of other like o-rings you need those you gotta for... end at those though but you can never have enough so so what <laughs> okay he didn't say oreos Right. They are not a sponsor of this album. Classic Morris. Somebody bring me a mirror. Yep. Well, we know who it is. Yeah. It's Jerome. That's right. Mirror and holler. Somebody bring me a mirror. And then the girls from Sexy Socialites are back to flirt with Morris. Of course they are. So nice. Girl, he is kind of sexy. Girl, please. Oh, well, if you're not doing anything, we could go there right now. Can my friend come? Oh, I'd love that. Girl? <laughs> oh, that sure is a lovely boss. I mean, if they didn't keep coming back and reinforcing his behavior, why would he keep doing it? I think the one friend is just there to make sure her other friend is... No. Consenting. Yes. Because Morris isn't worried about consent. Nope. Nope. 
He's Morris. Uh, consent is built in. Yeah. Then another segue, which we talked about a little bit. Oh, from the movie. From the movie. Yount. Yount. 22 seconds of yount. <laughs> if there isn't something more sausage fest than a bunch of dudes in a studio doing this, just For making real. stupid sounds and laughing at one another. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah, I said, <laughs> I looked it up in Urban Dictionary. Yount? Uh-huh. Okay. It's you and don't mixed together. But I think in this particular situation, it's just a juvenile sound. Or like a cat call. To make the dudes laugh. Yeah. It's the kind of thing like construction workers would yell at you as you walk by on the street. (laughs) Yaunt. Yaunt. Like you want it. Yaunt. Yeah. Yaunt to. Yaunt to. That's what I thought it was going to be like. Yaunt to. That might be more of a Texas thing than a Minneapolis thing. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe. We're going to go to the Alamo. Y'all too? <laughs> uh, and it comes to an abrupt end and rolls right into Blondie. Yep. Which does not even get a page on PrinceVault.com. No, because Prince had little to nothing to do with that. Yeah. So. Very heavy pop rock, I would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, starts with a soaring guitar solo again by Jesse Johnson. Yeah, it's wicked. <laughs> surprised they don't have a anything about this song like yeah was it recorded at paisley park yeah that seems like that would be enough warrant an entry yeah so it's listed in the track listings for the album of course but there is not a single song page right for it it's not just prince with the questionable lyrics oh here it is with uh the time body of a superstar the mind of a 10 year old Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's about a dumb blonde. So, yeah. yeah. But if she's literally the mind of a 10 year old, you shouldn't be doing things with Well, them. no. I think uh, there's a little exaggeration going on here. Yeah. Like, she didn't actually ride in on a boat either. Okay, fine. <laughs> we get a similar lyric to New Power Generation, uh, where Prince sings, I made you thought the lights were on, but no one's living there. Mm-hmm. And here. In the first verse, Morris says, The lights are on upstairs, but is anybody home? Uh Uh-huh. The lights are on upstairs, but is anybody home? So interesting that they had these two lines in these songs, but one wasn't involved with the other. And also not all that surprising that the Prince lyrics picked up for this border on the offensive side, considering the time in his career when he wrote these, you know, 1981, 1982. Right. You know, there were even songs in 1999 Super Deluxe that could have been included but were omitted because of racy lyrics, like extra lovable. She is the quintessential sexy socialite. She's been failed by her education. She's rich but can't even write her name. Right. And it's not about her race. No. Blondie is a certain type. She's not yellow, black, or white. Yeah. Blondie is a certain type. She's 
She's just so rich. Yeah. Rich is her type. Yeah. You know, this could be the first song written about uh, the woman featured in Illusion, Coma, Pimp, and Circumstance. <laughs> and she just got older. Uh-huh. That's right. It could be one of those Disney characters that cross into different uni- universes. Uh-huh. And here we have one and don't even know it. There you go. There you go. Blondie turns into fluorescent. <laughs> that ain't right. More really nice guitars. Yeah, I think musically this song is, well, it's very heavy. Yeah. It might be pulled down by the lyrics a little bit, or maybe they were going for that. I'm sure they were going for that. Very superficial song with, uh, you know, contrasting Mm -hmm. musical elements. Right. It does surprise me that Morris values smart women suddenly. That's never seemed to be an issue up to this point. (laughs) Maybe they need to be smart enough. I guess, but in this case, her lack of education transcends color and race to Uh a point where he's got to sing about it. (laughs) Yes. Like, isn't this, like, exactly what Morris is looking for? Someone who is pretty and has money? Uh-huh, and is not smart. And is, yeah, will just do what he wants? Yeah. And so when did this become a problem? I don't know. He says she's really unintelligent, but then I think maybe Morris is lying to us a little bit because we hear from Blondie. Yeah. And he says, I'm one of the eight wonders of the world. To which she says, I thought there were only seven. I'm one of the eight wonders of the world. I thought there were only seven. So she's maybe not quite as dumb as he's saying. Maybe. He also sings. He's exaggerating it for comedic effect. That's true. He also sings that she's trying to dog him blind also. So a a dangerous socialite. Uh Uh-huh. So maybe she's... Putting on a dumb act yeah. to get what she wants also. Oh, that could be. Morris has tasted his own medicine here, and it is bitter because, <laughs> you know, his act is to act super rich and uh-huh. super cute to get what he wants. And here is a woman who is using maybe her body to get what she wants. They seem perfect for one another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Morris is still... Also lying to us because he explicitly tells us in her in the chorus that her name is Blondie. Don't waste your time. Yeah. And he calls her Blondie. Uh-huh. And she says, That's not my name. Blondie? That's not my name. That's right. So in Morris's Waldorf world of being a adorable pig. Maybe in his data bank, her name is Stella <laughs> is, or Blondie. Yeah. It's just another name. But, you know, yeah, how are we to believe him when he's lied to us before in this song? Right. Well, it's like an English professor used to tell us when we would read a book. Who is this bastard and why is he lying to us? Yeah, that's These right. are the questions you need to be asking Thank yourself. Thank you, Dean so, Rayner. Didn't even know that that would apply to a Time album, but yes. <laughs> Uh, we get another uh, instance of you got to get the hell out of here at five minutes and five seconds. That's Very... right. He repeats it from jerk out. Yep. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. And 
the 1940s, apparently, also. Mm-hmm. Ends in uh, cheering for Morris. This is like totally a Morris wet dream, the song. <laughs> well, that makes me not want to listen to it anymore. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, then we have Donald Trump black version. Yeah, Blondie kind of winds down with crowd noise and down to synths and blends in seamlessly into Donald Trump black version. Mm-hmm. Prince wrote and played most instruments. Right. Another track that was planned for Corporate World that was slightly changed and revamped for what you hear. Here. Uh-huh. Here, here. Here, here. Here, here. Here, here. here. here, here. Yes. Cheers. And uh, Candy Dolfer makes an appearance here on saxophone also. Mm-hmm. With some very 80s sounding, 80s style saxophones. Yep. That's when it was recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, my first note is sounds very much like a typical late 80s, early 90s ballad. Uh, yes, it does. So it seems like he's singing about this classy lady who just deserves somebody who will take care of her. But I think she's really kind of a gold digger. Yeah. Because. I mean, it could be Blondie again. Uh-huh. He will treat her well. But when a money man walks in the room, you look more than twice. And then he follows that up with, you look once, you look twice. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's still twice, Morris. But I guess it's the quality of, of the, the look, look, not so much the quantities oh. of the look that count more than two times. Or he knows she's looked more than that and he only saw and counted oh, the two. All right. But he's certain that her radar was pinging. Was target, target, as, target. Yeah, target. as soon as that wallet came into range. Uh-huh. So what he thinks that she needs is a Donald Trump black version. A 1990s love affair. The real romance is how the chorus goes. So I can get the perception of wealth with Donald Trump and being a provider, but real romance? Does that have anything to do with Donald Trump? To be fair, he was still married to his first wife at this time. So uh-huh. perhaps there was still some semblance of real romance okay. in the public eye. All right. That's true. This, is, this was written in the late 80s. Yeah. So, yeah. Donald Trump black version. Maybe that's what you need. A man who fulfills your every wish, your every dream. And I put an asterisk. As long as those are monetary. That's right. As long as they are physical things Uh that can be purchased and delivered to you. That's right. Or that you can go out and buy. That's right. Uh, But yeah, just a woman who wants money. He sings, uh, last night when you were asleep, you slipped big time. I heard you. You said your favorite color was green. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Last night when you were asleep. Big time, I heard you. You said your favorite color was green. 
So she's dreaming out loud about uh-huh. her desire for money. Oh, money and or jealousy. Could be. Yeah. I don't think it's about uh, I look good in green. Or no. Or I like green cars. Or, yeah. Or the green of the grass is so delightful. No. That's not that's not a part of this. No. But at least she's, like, nice. Your disposition's so kind that's you're true. never mean. And your disposition's so kind you're never mean. Yeah. Like, she might be a gold digger, but at least she's a okay person she's not like some jerk points to stella yeah points to stella uh he says something about 90 proof yes and now, he means... now, now look here baby i ain't trying to be 90 proof uh-huh that's right look here baby i ain't trying to be 90 proof so and he means this to be like strong alcohol which it is yeah but it's not really unusually strong alcohol. I looked it up. Okay. So uh, Maker's Mark is 90 proof. Oh, whiskey? Uh-huh. And most other whiskey, vodka, gym, and rum are about 80 proof. Okay. So it's really pretty average in the strength. There's just a lot more than beer or wine. Well, yeah. But as far as spirits go, 90 proof is not... Not off the chart. It's not unusual even, really. And then he said he was going to take her out for an expensive dinner at Adriano's. Yeah. A dinner at I couldn't find any Me fancy either. restaurant. Uh, you in looked min- it up in too. Minneapolis or yeah. that area? Yeah, or anywhere in Minnesota. No fancy restaurant. There were some Adriano's, uh, like uh, pizza places. Yeah. It closed. Right. Yeah. I don't think that but it would cost $100. No, to just certain not in 1990. Right. That, I thought that too. And then I thought, well, maybe in LA where some of the you know music was recorded also. Mm. But then I thought, this is not worth my effort trying to find Adriano's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a restaurant that may or may not have existed somewhere in the United States in 1990. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, took off my 2020 hat. <laughs> but it's part of a list of things that Morris wants to do, like the $100 deno, a brand new coat, a brand new hat. Uh-huh. Yes, I can do this, he says. Uh, and then we get a preview of Prince's next album That's at 3 right, minutes and do. 39 seconds when he just simply says, Diamonds and Pearls. Uh-huh. I want to buy you things. And then he has the fun line, when I dig somebody, they stay dug. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. My name is Mars, baby, and I dig you. And when I dig somebody, they stay dug. I don't think it's true at all. To me, Uh, that means like (laughs) when I see you and I'm attracted to you, that will never waver. Uh Uh-huh. And I think that nothing could be... Less true when it comes to Morris Day. <laughs> like, when I dig somebody, that hole stays there for 20 minutes. <laughs> and then I, Between Morris I Day need... and Prince, that's true yeah, for both of that's them. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, his love interest might want money, but um, he is equally superficial. Yes. And then we have the final song that we're going to talk about today, the last side of the... LP or the last song on this side of the LP. Right. Was an 
Chocolate. Chocolate. Uh-huh. It was a single, second and final single. It mm-hmm. came out on October 1st, 1990. Mm-hmm. And we have talked about this before. Back in February of 2019, when we covered Prince's version in discussions around 1999 Super Deluxe. It was one of our selections of what was not included Mm -hmm. on Super Deluxe. That's right. Maybe they're saving it for an originals release at some Mm -hmm. point. Could be. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't even tell you why this wouldn't have been included. No, me either. But it wasn't. But we've talked about it before. But we're going to talk about the Times version here. Yeah. Britain and all the instruments were performed by Prince. It includes Wendy's guitar solo from 1983. That's right. Mm-hmm. Starts with a classic Morris Baniacal laugh. Yes, and screeching car tires. Mm-hmm. Right. We get this uh, melody with the bass guitar, which is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, um, and that's Prince playing bass. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then a layered rhythm guitar goes on top of it. Yeah. It's very fun. It is. Very, very fun. Yeah. (laughs) She waited until after dinner of 18 Jumbo Shrimp to tell him she didn't like his look. Yeah. (laughs) He looked like a pimp. Does it seem like Morris gets fooled by a lot of women? (laughs) No, No. which is why it ticks him off so bad. Yeah. And why it's so funny. Yeah. 18, I was like, 18 shrimp is, 18 jumbo shrimp is a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. Like if they were popcorn shrimp. Yeah, that's That'd be very like reasonable. A, a reasonable main yeah. course of a meal. That's right. Yeah. Jumbo shrimp. I'm thinking of the ones that we used to get in that soup. Yeah. There was this soup and it had these jumbo shrimp in it and they were yeah. like six inches long. Yeah. Tempura fried. Mm-hmm. They're so good. Mm-hmm. With noodles and onion and... Uh-huh. Oh, the the uh, soba noodles. Yeah. Oh. Could go for some soba <laughs> right now. There's your $100 dinner. There, there you go. Yeah, for real. So chocolate is um, kind of the essence of her being. Uh, Yeah. To a degree, or uh, just another word for sexual organs. Uh, Yeah. I mean, or all just things. all around deliciousness, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he has his Tootsie Roll. Which, which he is... offers to show her. Don't you want to see my Tootsie Roll? Maybe I'll show you one. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Right. Which is a chocolate situation. Don't you want to see adjacent. My, What is it? Yeah. Tootsie. What is that? What is a Tootsie Roll made of? I don't know. My dad said that if I ever learned what a Tootsie Roll was made of, I would never want to eat one again. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, some things are better left unseen. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. Well, Morris has the mind of a 14-year-old boy. That's for sure. (laughs) Now, these are all, you know, following the words of Prince and really following the vocal guide that um, Prince recorded too. Morris's delivery is very similar. And Prince's version from 1983 is almost sung in his Jamie Starr, Morris Day voice. It was right. almost like this was intended 
for Morris to sing at some point. For sure. And then he get a kick out of it. He calls himself old. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want no young man. You need somebody with experience. That's right. All this whiny kind of, you need somebody with experience. (laughs) I can make it so nice. (laughs) You don't want no young man. You need somebody with experience. I can make it so nice. But I'm like, it struck me as funny. Yeah. Yeah. And then cowbell. Not just cowbell, more cowbell. Yeah. Well, Morris is going to go play it. Mm-hmm. And that's right as he calls out, Jesse, you play something. I'm going to go over here and tap on this cowbell. Mm-hmm. And it's actually Wendy's guitar solo that's right. in there. Um, interesting that they did not re-record that. And didn't give Wendy credit either. Nope. Jesse, you play something. I think I'm going to go over here and tap on this cowbell. Y'all get out of the way. That's it. talked about this the last time the fun uh references to other candies yep i'm one of the three musketeers unwrap me milky way tootsie roll mm-hmm. then he explicitly says that he's old i'm too old because is mm-hmm. ain't nobody bad like me i'm too old look out mm-hmm. uh it's not just Candy, chocolate, empty calories that he's after. He likes to dine finely also, which we get to hear. Mm-hmm. As um, he is sitting there with uh, Jerome, apparently. Yes. Because Jerome calls the waiter over. And I love that he calls Morris Mr. Day. Uh-huh. Mr. Day's ready to order. Garçon, Mr. Day's ready to order now. Uh, which I thought it was really funny that he would call out his date for 18 jumbo shrimp. And then uh, yeah. we hear about the food that <laughs> he's ordering and there's quite a laundry list of it. Yes. Um, it's part of the hot turkey dinner special. That's right. Perhaps at Adriano's. Yeah. Sure. Oh, An unnamed sense. restaurant, but the waiter is Prince. Yes. Um, it's his vocals from his version. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of funny because, uh, he played a maitre d' or waiter in chili sauce uh-huh. on the Times previous album too. So it's not the first time that Prince has showed up to serve Morris in one way or another <laughs> on an album. The kind of his Morris Day voice too, mashed potatoes, gravy, cranberry uh-huh. sauce, stuff, and cream beans. Yeah, all raspy and silly. Yeah. What comes with that? Mashed potatoes, gravy, cranberry sauce, stuffing, green beans, chilling, skittles, sweet potatoes, that's enough. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I think that's funny. I think that's funny. He says horns on the one. Yeah. But they're not horns. We need some horns. Horns, stand up, please. Thank you so much. Y'all coming on the one. Everybody else just clap. Clap your hands. No, they're not. And that's also very typical of Prince's music in 1982, 83. Uh There were no horns, but he would play synths like they were horns and call them horns. Give me some horns. Uh They're not. Yep. I love it. If you can't clap on the one, then don't clap at all. Keep it in the pocket. If you can't clap on the one, then don't clap at all. It's like, just at me next time, Morris. Uh, (laughs) Come on. Don't. 
Yeah, that's right. It's a call-out culture. <laughs> but they also trick her because later on, if you count, they all don't clap on the one and change it. And she does. And they kind of like they've punked her. It's, it's pretty fun. He's so rich, he can't remember if he brought the caddy or the BMW. That's right, he's got them both. That's right. Morris has to remind him that we brought the Cadillac, not the BMW. Or no, Jerome. You said Morris has oh, to I'm remind sorry. him. I meant Jerome has yeah. to remind Morris. Yes. Of which brand of <laughs> vehicle. And Morris is like, does not appreciate being corrected and is just like, get the dang car. That's right. Bring I don't care which one it is. Bring it around. <laughs> And it's fitting that the first side of the record ends with Morris bailing. Yes, out of here. Yeah. And we have the same tire screeches that we mm-hmm. heard at the beginning of the song. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Very fun. All right. So that's all of the tracks that we're going to cover today so it's time for us to make some selections no say it's not true (laughs) we choose a time capsule something that exemplifies when the material was recorded or when it was released we choose a c the low point and we choose a mountain the high point and since these are my dumb rules, I go first. So dumb, we've based our entire podcast format off of said rules. That's right. My time capsule is Blondie, because blonde jokes were such a huge thing in the early 90s. They were very popular all over the place. Um, and this, like, near rape culture sort of. Yeah. Uh, lyrics that were the toned down version or was really acceptable yeah at that time so that made it a time capsule for me that makes sense i was just looking around my laptop here to see does the cover of pandemonium carry a explicit lyrics warning it It, does not right graffiti bridge does Uh uh-huh this album does not so I don't know how that could be here. It's just like it was just accepted as this this is what boys do. I think it was more about language. Like is there a an F bomb in it? If there is, then you get the Is there an F bomb on Graffiti Bridge? I don't know. After I listen to the title track I wanna say an F bomb. <laughs> but I don't think that there is one. No. I don't know. Or maybe it's the implication of it in Weekend Funk. Or Yeah, probably. But there's no... I think you could accidentally hear it as the other to- the other word. Yeah. So, therefore, there's... That's why they gave it the explicit. But they didn't care about content at, then, at You're least. Right. Yeah. It was just like, scan it for swear words. Yep, exactly. No it could be about being the best... MFing husband you can be and uh-huh. being MFing faithful to your wife. Uh-huh. Explicit. Yeah. Yes, exactly. What's your time Ooh, capsule? Pardon my language. Uh, my time capsule is simply Jerk Out. I thought it was an easy choice. First single from the album. It's very successful. One of the more successful time songs 
were released as a single. It would be like me thinking of Jungle Love, and I associate that with Ice Cream Castles. When I hear Jerk Out, I immediately associate it with pandemonium in my head. Mm -hmm. Therefore, Time Capsule. Excellent. The C, the low point, the thing that we like the least right. for me is Donald Trump black version between the materialism and those mm-hmm. late 80s saxophones and I don't love ballads already, so I won't be revisiting this. Well, I'll see your Donald Trump black, black version and I'll raise you Donald Trump black oh. version because <laughs> it's the same. It's the one song on the first half of this album that I would rather not there right and sadly it's one of the ones that prince was most involved with writing and yeah. playing does not sound like it though mm-hmm. so i will say that but it just sounds very dated musically and um you know like you said it is from the late 80s early 90s uh, writing so you gotta remember who donald trump was then and who he is now but now this song just puts a guy in my head who I don't want to be there. Yeah. And so I have no real reason to listen to it at all. Right. All right. And then the mountain, the thing that we like the most. Uh-huh. Uh, chocolate. It's funny. And I'm a little obsessed with the guitars in it. Uh-huh. And it's just, yeah, I love funny prints. So chocolate's my mountain. Very good. I completely agree. Also, my mountain is chocolate. Oh, uh, excellent. Um, could not even remember for sure if we covered Prince's version when we talked about 1999 Super Deluxe, so I'm kind of sad that we did. Okay. I'd like to talk about it now. Um, but I'm going to go back and listen to Prince's version again. I remember it being very, very similar yes. to the Times version. Uh, it's almost like they used it as a guide and are pretty faithful to Prince's version. I thought, just what a perfect Prince song for Morris to own. The Prince cameo is a waiter. Um, it's hilarious and kind of well edited together too. That you know, Morris turns it into an argument. Tells him, anybody ask you all that, just get that, take the menu, get the hell out of my face. <laughs> uh, I think it's pretty funny. Yes, very fun. All right, so next time. Next time, spoiler alert: we're going to tackle side two of Pandemonium. That's right. So we're going to flip like, the record. We are. So I think I like to think that this episode we covered Panda. Next time, we'll cover Monium. Sounds like a drug for when you have an upset tummy. Yes, it does. Yeah. Or when a panda has an upset, an upset tummy. If it's too much bamboo, don't, don't eat so much there. Take this. You'll be okay. Yep. So next time, side two of Pandemonium. Excellent. Thank you so much for listening. We know you make a choice when you listen to us. We don't just come on the radio and we really appreciate it. And we love hearing from you. Do, uh, you know, hit us up on the socials because that's super fun. If you have a friend who hasn't started listening yet, it's way more fun when you can listen with a friend, talk about what ninnies we are, what amazing insights we have, you know, whatever. But until next time, happy purple listening. Thanks for listening. Something wrong? You're making faces. Okay. Creative outlet, you were saying. End of thought. End edit here. (laughs) 